0: All right, welcome back to The Blend. It is Steve Benz here. As always, it is the interview to all the stars out there. Today, I welcome back, let's see, one of my good friends, actor, director, pilot, author, and reality star, Lorenzo Lomitz. Welcome back, my friend.
1: Good morning, Steve. How-,
0: How are you? How are you? How's the weather out there? Because it's pretty frightful here in Chicago.
1: We kind of sent it on your way. I apologize for that.
0: Uh, <laughs> how much of you did? How much of the West Coast freaked out when snow came falling down?
1: Well, it was all over the news. You know, uh, I, I think uh, street crime took a, a distant second place uh, <laughs> that week. That we had actually snow in the Inland Empire. It was a <laughs> remarkable event. Uh, I think people actually they closed the schools. I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, to celebrate this uh, eighth of an inch of of, of snow. <laughs> they didn't close the schools, but you, to to look at the drivers uh, manage their cars, you know, just when there's a little bit of rain is an event. So you know, snow you can imagine. I mean, you know, people were selling their cars.
0: Oh my God! I would have, I would have laughed. I would, I, I would have absolutely just laughed my ass off. How I wish I was back in LA when that happened. So I would have done snow angels just about everywhere I could find.
1: You would have, you would have shook your head in, in just embarrassment. You know, to to watch these people try to maneuver their automobiles. You know, when it rains is is just it's <laughs> sad. It's, it's sad to me. You know, I I also lived on the East Coast. I grew up on both both sides right. of the right the coast and uh you know so i i'm no stranger to you know digging out your driveway i've done it but out here on the west coast it's if you've got fog people stay home
0: (laughs) (laughs) see you and i if it was snowing out you and i would just jump on some harleys and just ride around just freak people out
1: you know it you have life move life goes on ask the people that live in seattle you know they stayed indoors every time it rained they all be couch potatoes
0: yeah, they would be uh look at like the their packer win that too so i don't want to talk about it okay i mean i I'm, I'm my father grew up in green bay okay i'm half cheese okay that was just horrible that was just bad
1: that day it was a sad day but now i hope obviously seattle beats new england because they're just they need to be beat
0: badly Tom Brady, I, can I say this publicly, that I'm openly jealous of Tom Brady? Is that okay? Because he's worth a bazillion dollars. His wife is worth a bazillion dollars. He's good-looking. He wears Uggs out. Right there. I have to stop it right there. I'm jealous.
1: I'd say it's okay, Steve, to be jealous. I'm jealous of any guy that could throw a tight spiral.
0: <laughs> well, but deflated balls, though. Okay.
1: There is, there is that. But doesn't the cold temperature have something to do with the deflation or...
0: I don't know. They said it's because of Gronk uh, pounding the ball. I don't know how that's possible, but that's okay. It's okay. Uh,
1: I guess if the other team balls are equally as deflated, then there's no (laughs) issue. But the fact is that I guess they weren't.
0: (laughs) I'm going for Seattle, okay? I have to. I'm an NFC guy. I have to go with all of that. Do you even watch football with the Raiders, you know, if they ever come back to L.A.? Or I should just say, what team should show up in L.A.? They should have a football team in Los Angeles.
1: I want the Rams back. St. Louis is gonna hate me, but yeah, I want the Rams.
0: I agree. I agree. Like uh no one knows this, but Roman Gabriel is a distant uh, relative of mine. So I say let's bring back the LA Rams.
1: Dude Roman was the quarterback when I was a kid and went to the to the Coliseum to watch them play. So you're you're preaching to the choir. See?
0: And he is in the Guinness Book of World Record for the most fumbles in one season. Just saying.
1: Well, you know, we we all have to make our name somehow. (laughs) Horrible way to make a name as a quarterback.
0: (laughs) I wanted to play for the Rams when I was little. I did. I dreamed of it.
1: Well, I did too, but I was overweight and I had 2,200 vision, so that wasn't going to happen.
0: You know, I don't know. I don't know. I was uh, doing a little looking back in your in your past before we talk about Celebrity Apprentice and stuff, and I saw two covers of you on Playgirl magazine from 1993.
1: Yeah, that was that was after I I you know, pulled myself up by the bootstraps and decided I was going to change the way I looked. Um, that was around 10th grade. But do you realize that? I had twenty two hundred vision. Can we just talk about that for one second?
0: That is pretty bad, my friend.
1: Twenty two hundred vision means that what you, Steve Benz, if you have twenty twenty, what you can see at two hundred feet mm-hmm. away, I have to get up to twenty feet to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. You're almost a football field away from a sign and can read it, and I gotta be at the at the You know, like the 15-yard line
0: to read it. Wow. Well, then clearly you were not reading cue cards when you were on Falcon Crest.
1: No, or, you know, I'm not, obviously, I'm not wearing uh, glasses when I fly you in helicopters either. That's
0: very, very true. Now that I know that fact, I might not have got into that helicopter.
1: It's possible, possible, but through the miracle of modern (laughs) medicine... Uh, my vision has been corrected to 2040 and uh, 2020 in one eye, and 2030 in the other eye. So.
0: Now, did you have like those coke bottle glasses as a kid?
1: I did. Oh, it's an and braces, and I was. Oh, uh, it's pitiful. Uh, if you've seen the movie Boyhood that's out now with Patricia Arquette, <laughs> right? Uh that the kid, that's me. Very awkward, <laughs> overweight, self-conscious, just yeah. Basically, that's me to a T, and it's in my book, Renegated Heart.
0: <laughs> and I wanted to talk about that too. You know, as we get through, there are so many things going on. How do you go go from this awkward dude into you turn? You were a sex symbol for years. You still are. But
1: when when we were growing up, there was a magazine called Boys Life. Mm-hmm. and it was about all the stuff that we, as, as boys that you like to do: camping, you know, skateboarding. All the sports, you know, they had pictures of our favorite pros, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pro sports players. Mm-hmm. And in the back of that magazine were ads for summer camps and military schools. Well, I, I chose, I told my mom that I wanted to go to a summer camp back east uh, because it had sailboats. I thought that would be fun to sail. And what it was, was a recruiting tool to come back in the fall and go to a naval naval military school. Um that I just wanted to go to summer camp, but my mom thought it would be great if I just stayed on in in the fall and went to the military. So that was the beginning of my transformation, marching around with a rifle, and uh, and running everywhere. Before Thanksgiving break, we every everybody that went to the first year of school had to run from classroom from class to class mm-hmm. from. Uh, you know, your dormitory to the mess hall. Uh, e- all around campus, everybody's running for the first, like, three months. And I probably lost about 10 pounds just those three months. Um, but that was the beginning of the, the change.
0: Why, ha- knowing that about you, you should be like a colonel on an episode for NCIS.
1: I wanted to be Colonel Clink. <laughs> Talking about colonels. Remember Colonel Clink in Hogan's Here? I thought he was the f- most foolish, bumbling officer in the history of the military.
0: Oh, my God. And Sergeant Schultz, we all love Sergeant Schultz, don't we?
1: Sergeant, I know nothing. I see nothing.
0: Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. You need to do a Funny or Die, uh, you know, little script, a little little video of that. That would be hilarious. I could be LeBeau.
1: TV shows. Did we have the best TV shows growing up? I mean, right, it was Nash, yep. Hogan's Heroes, yep. Batman, yep. And, oh, I Dream of Jeannie, just the fact that we were able to see this beautiful, beautiful oh. absolutely gorgeous, living doll of Barbara Eden when we were 10. Was that not a blessing?
0: And thank God for VCRs, because we could pause that just for a moment or two, So, and if
1: we didn't. We didn't have VCRs back when. Well, I didn't when I was ten.
0: Well, when they did the replays and stuff, you know, at ten o'clock and. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, come on. My mom wouldn't let me watch that. She had five sons, for God's sakes.
1: Now, when what what year were you born?
0: Uh, I'm just a little younger than you are. I'm uh, what a handful of years younger than you are. So, so we grew up in essentially the same generation. Okay,
1: gotcha. So you had Batman and Wild yep. Wild West and. And Black Sheep and the Black Sheep Squad. Oh, yeah,
0: Black Sheep. That was, you know, with the battery, when he did the battery ad?
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's good. And knock it off.
0: That was good.
1: Knock it off. We're talking about uh, Robert Conrad.
0: Yep. That was a good show. I like that. He was on another one. He played, uh, no, wait a second. That was Beretta. That's Robert Blake. Yeah, Okay. Confuse those two. See, in uh, I remember my mom watching the uh, McCloud. Uh,
1: Dennis Weaver, Dennis Weaver, McCloud. It was like
0: NBC Mysteries or something like that. Wasn't that what that was? Good. That just just bringing back a bunch of great old memories. Oh, Columbo. Um, McMillan and Wife. That was it. How about that one?
1: McMillan and Wife was Rock Hudson.
0: Uh huh.
1: In his television show. Remember Robert Buerick. From uh, Vegas. Yeah. We had a great show, Vegas. Before that, we, he was in uh, SWAT, uh, another TV show about the LA, LAPD. Um, just a bunch of great shows. I can't watch television now unless it's sports-related or mm-hmm. weather-related. I'm not interested. Okay.
0: Now, would you want to bring back – now, Hollywood, in its, its own smart way, is bringing back a lot of these TV shows and things that we grew up with. Is there a TV show that you wish that you could bring back, other than Renegade? Because Renegade needs a movie of some sort, or like a 24, you know, a 12-week series of some sort. That's what I think.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'd love to bring back Man From U.N.C.L.E. Ooh. Remember that show with Robert Vaughn and, um, uh, um, yeah, uh, Man From U.N.C.L.E. It was, a, it was an international spy show. And they had the they had the uh, the uh, the German spy that worked in conjunction, you know, as a partner to uh, to the uh, st- uh, the uh, Greg Vaughn character. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I bring back and the monkeys because they were just a bunch of bumbling idiots, and I'd like to see that again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, they brought back Man of Uncle and they turned it into Austin Powers. So.
1: Yeah, um, uh, that wasn't that kind of a a James. Uh, James Bondish.
0: Yeah, he kind of you kind of tied those all together. But the monkeys, I like the idea of that. Yeah, that would that would be pretty good. Or uh... there's
1: nothing there's nothing on television that I like watching uh, unless it's Showtime. To be honest, I mean, I watch Showtime because I love Ray Donovan and I love uh, uh, American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Great, great show. And 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 uh, what's another one on Showtime. Well, you know, just cable television in general is just so much better higher quality it, better
0: writing it totally is that's where a renegade needs to show up the one my favorite show comes back this month is the americans i love that one a spy thriller from the 80s
1: i that's that's with um uh what's the name of that that girl that was on uh, that long-running uh, family show uh, carrie um
0: yeah carrie uh, what the heck uh i gotta look it up oh ah.
1: I got to see that show. I've been meaning to watch it.
0: That you got to Netflix it. It was um, that is by far one of the best shows out there. What was it? What the heck was her name? Um, Carrie Russell. Oh, well, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Thank you. That that's good. Now I think uh, one of the networks has a knockoff of that, but that is really really good. And you'll pick up the show right away. You know, you'll be a couple of minutes in, you'll be like, "Holy crap!" You have flashbacks of the '80s. You with your puffed hair. You in photo shoots in speedos. Uh, you with your quaffed hair chest. You know all your hair all quaffed so nicely. So
1: uh, that was the that that was a period of time where actually <laughs> distaste was tasteful. Um, you know you're talking about the excess years, the excess decade of the '80s. You know? Right. There was just too much of everything. Too much money. Too, uh, too much hair. Too much makeup. Remember how girls used to wear their hair back in the 80s? They they would spend an hour in the bathroom blow-drying their mm-hmm. hair out to be like two feet, three feet wide. It was crazy.
0: That's where we thought the women were all 5'10". Until the hair came down, the, the heels came down, and they were all 4'11". So
1: until you get them, until you get them wet, you know, right? Like, oh my God, they're skinny, you know.
0: Yes, that was the year. Those were the years of very, very skinny years. Now you talk about that in your latest book. I just want to reference that. Renegade at heart. Okay. Now some of that I didn't know about. I didn't know about the sex, drugs, and the rock and roll in your life. You know, I had that image of you from Greece. Okay, not really, but still. Yeah.
1: Um, well, again, it the. Uh drugs and the sex and all that was in that period of time in the 80s when mm-hmm. everything goes there there weren't there wasn't AIDS you know it was it was a basically a very carefree decade of my life mm-hmm. and uh, I I was married for half of it but the other half of it I wasn't and <laughs> you know I was on a television show that was successful I had money um, I just was a just a jerk I guess you could say I was pretty much just looking for action everywhere, and, um, and I didn't have to look too hard. It, it, it just kind of comes to you when you've got, you know, a, a show on TV and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and, and thank God I survived it. Uh, thank God I wisened up, you know, I got smart, and, uh, you know, but... Uh,
0: now, clearly, uh, it might still be a blur to you, but do you remember that moment when you had that moment of clarity and said to yourself, what the hell am I doing?
1: Yeah, it, it happened when I woke up in the hospital. I, I wrecked a race car. I, I uh, crashed, broke up my body, and I woke up in the hospital um, just thankful to be alive. And it was 1985, and I did make a turn. I, that definitely changed my my uh, my M.O.
0: Hmm. It's, it's sad to some degree. It, it, it's sad that it would take a life altering moment like that where you almost get yourself killed and you could have killed others at the same time. I think we all end up doing that. We never do anything unless we get hurt or something of that. You know, like born again Christians, you know, something has to bottom out. Why can't we be at the top of our life and, and change it?
1: I, I think because kids in their twenties think that they're indestructible. That's true. They can abso- absolutely do anything and, and, uh, and not fear, like anything's going to happen that's bad Um, you know I wasn't smart I didn't I just wasn't smart enough to realize that the things I was doing was was hurting me so it it took that it took that event to to wake me up
0: now do you think your reputation of who you were in the 80s is still attached to you now
1: I think it was up until perhaps very recently Mm -hmm. you know with the release of my book and with my appearance on Celebrity Apprentice. Yep. I think just the, the fact that the folks out there could see, you know, who I was as a person, who I am today, you know, um, because, you know, you don't know who, who a person is. You only, you only know what you see or what you read. Mm-hmm. And uh, what people were seeing and reading about me, you know, decades ago was not flattering.
0: I have to admit, after, you know, you and I hung out in Los Angeles this past year, People said to me, "They're like, well, that guy's a jerk. I mean, why would you hang out with him?" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. Lorenzo. Nothing like you would ever, you'd ever think. You're one of the nicest guys that I've ever met. I mean, you're actually a sweet guy, and I, I mean that in the the most manly ascent. You know."
1: Thank so. you. I, I appreciate that. I I just try to be fair, and uh, that's what my dad left with me. You know, uh, in when when he lived his life, and we were together. He was many things. He was bigger than life to me, you know, a big movie star. Mm-hmm. And he was full of himself sometimes, you know. He loved to be <laughs> the center of attention. But he was loving and he was fair, and uh, that I tried to emulate that.
0: Now, do you reflect on that in your book?
1: I do. He's a big part of my book because he's a big part of my life. Right. Oh, he's been gone, you know, for, for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he left a, an indelible image of how to be a man. And you know he used to tell me the word macho when he was still alive when that word macho mm-hmm. was being used in music macho macho man you know all that mm-hmm. and everybody was macho and Billy Crystal was imitating him on Saturday night yep. 5 and all that he he used to be upset when when people would misuse the word macho meaning that you know he's a macho guy he rides motorcycles you know he's a he lifts weights he's macho he, because my dad felt that the the real Spanish definition of macho was not being a sexist it was being a man and and um, being responsible for your actions mm-hmm. that would he be, being you know a real man is a responsible man is a guy is a man that takes care of his family a man that that has a good work work ethic that's the real definition of the Spanish yep. word macho and he re- really used to get pissed when it was misused
0: mm. well the the YMCA version didn't help.
1: (laughs) That that was the beginning of the end of using that word and taking it seriously, you know, in, in, in in my dad's eyes.
0: Now, I have great respect for my father, okay? Probably the one person in my life I respect more than anything, the things that he did. He was a farm boy. He worked his ass off two jobs and gets seven kids through private school, that kind of stuff. Is there something about you that you say, yes, this is... This is my father in me that you can now reflect on to your kids.
1: Yeah. Um, the father that wakes up his kids, gets them ready for school, packs their lunches, drives them, picks them up. You know, I'm that father. And that's the kind of man that I think my father would have been proud of seeing me become.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's really important is, is our, our relationship with our fathers. My father didn't talk till I was 23, or at least my mom wouldn't let him talk till I was 23. But just his ethic, I'd agree with that, too, that no matter what, he provided and he just did what he needed to do. And we certainly don't see that with the next generations and the kids that we see and the fathers that we see now. Like I'm, de- nope. I'm depressed. I look at the fathers now. I'm like, oh, my God, step up, dude, just a little bit, grow some for a moment.
1: Well, how about just sticking out, uh, sticking out a relationship? You know, hanging in there because of the kids? Yep. You know, and I'm, I'm nobody to talk. Believe me. Yep. You know, I mean, I've left women that were pregnant with my child, so I'm nobody to talk about sticking it out. But in the same, the same sense, there is a, a, a responsibility to at least think before you do something. Mm. You know, uh, instead of just jumping into a relationship and trying to make an instant family like I was trying to do. You know, um, think before before you get married. Think before you have kids. Looking back, I I wish that I had waited until I was thirty five to have kids. Yeah. At twenty five. Yep. Who is ready to have kids at twenty five? I I asked. You know, I mean, really, you don't even know who you are at twenty five.
0: Yeah. Certainly, as a guy, we got no clue in our twenties. None.
1: As a guy, certainly, and you're right. You're right to to, to separate that. Absolutely, as a guy, we, we are not ready.
0: <laughs> because let me tell you, in my twenties. Uh, I've run into some of the women that I dated. I still don't remember their names. That's bad.
1: It's bad. It really is bad. It's horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Because that's
0: just how, as guys, we viewed the world at that time. It's, especially when I was in L.A., I'm just like, okay, you, you, you. Okay, I'll just set up the, the night and whatever it was. So those were the years. Those were the years. Now, of course, I would never want to pass that on to my kids. None of that happened. I was in church every week.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is I think parents are too worried about being their kids' friends. Yeah. Their kids' parents. Yeah. You know, and I see a lot of that too, you know.
0: Yeah, the new term for the parents, like uh, years ago, they were helicopter parents. Now, uh, someone deemed them plow parents. They plow everything out of their way so they never have to make a decision, so they never get hurt. And I thought that was an interesting uh, adverb to call them.
1: Yeah, I like that. I, it's very visual. You know, you can just see him digging the trench or filling the hole in front of him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not my dad. My dad would say, here's the damn shovel.
1: So, my friend.
0: All right, so we've got the book. It is. And recently you were on Celebrity Apprentice. And uh, you got the, what do they call The boot, my friend. I was very depressed.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a sad day, um, but you know eventually, you're going to get fired unless you've got access to a lot of bucks. Yep. Uh, Geraldo does, yep. and Lisa does, and Ian does, and maybe uh, maybe Sig. But uh, you know, it, I, I think I went as far as I was able to go, okay. as far as I
0: wanted to go. Yep, yep. And I, you know, me personally, I think uh, going in, Trump knows who he wants towards the end. That's just my impression.
1: I think he might be right, you know, and uh, I certainly am pulling for Lisa. None of us uh, contestants that really know. Uh, we don't know who's going to win right. because Trump decides that on the last, the last episode. And, he, and nobody around him knows. The production company doesn't know until yep. he picks the winner. So it's going to be interesting to see who ends up on top.
0: Now, who surprised you of everyone that you met? Now, had you met a lot of these other celebrity apprentice uh, types, any of these stars?
1: I knew Lisa because when she was doing her talk show, I met her on her talk show. I did her talk show. I knew Vivica because uh, we were neighbors. I knew she's
0: hilarious, man. She is hilarious.
1: Yeah, and and she's I I really really admire her. She's got she's got smarts, intelligence, and if she has the pocket, you know, if she's got access to a, to deep pockets, she can go all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, I was surprised by Kevin Jonas. To be honest with you, I did not realize. Uh, how mature and uh, just, you know, uh, how much of a leader mm-hmm. he was in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a terrific family man. I really admire the way he's handling his uh, success.
0: And that doesn't happen often. Anyone that's a young man and is able to handle all of this. I mean, think of where you were in your 20s and where he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it, it, you don't see that a lot, you know. The kind of, of responsible work ethic that Kevin has, uh, I admire, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy for him. He just uh, he's got a new baby at home, and uh, I know he was very concerned about that when right. he was taping.
0: So it's, it's see, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that he was worried about that, and all. that's
1: he, know, he he's an awesome awesome guy.
0: Kudos to him. All right, so who didn't you like on the show? You could t- you could tell me secretly.
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I like everybody. I get along with everybody. You know, I I, I had my issues with Geraldo only because it was difficult to get a word in edgewise, you know, when we're talking about uh, creative things. Uh, He likes to manipulate and control everything. So, uh, but, you know, I found a way to work with him. You know, I think the last uh, task when I was project manager, Mm -hmm. uh, we actually got along pretty well.
0: Well, that's good. I See, I was just, I was pulling for you. But, you know, because you're my buddy. So I was pulling for you. Why don't you tell me who your, your charity is? We want to make sure that if there's anything that we can do to help your charity, by all means, we will.
1: Well, the reason why I did Celebrity Apprentice was to promote my charity, uh, which is the Boot Campaign. Uh, if you go on to bootcampaign.com, uh, you'll see how you could donate to help the troops that are coming back home from deployment mm-hmm. with uh, devastating injuries, both physically. Uh, mentally and financially, you know, uh, these young, brave young men and women are coming back and trying to reintegrate into society, uh, sometimes with, you know, life altering uh, uh, handicaps and uh, the boot campaign just goes right to the heart of the matter. They're small enough as an organization to be able to give to the troops Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the the very most of what, of what they take in, in in
0: terms of charity. So how did you get involved?
1: Uh, I was asked to participate in a motorcycle ride uh, two years ago that uh, the, the boot campaign was, was putting on here in, in Los Angeles. And uh, I was just moved by the four women that started this charity. Uh, they, they all, all four of them came from Texas. Uh, they, were, they, were, they started the charity because they were moved by uh, the lone survivor, by Marcus Luttrell himself. And they met with him, and they decided th- these four girls that they were going to do something to to help those, you know, uh, Marines and sailors and soldiers that come back uh, with with challenges. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was really taken with the with, with the effort.
0: See, this is kind of, this reminds me of uh, when I spoke with Gary Sinise, who also does um, an organization that's tied in with the veterans and things. I love this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm always for it. My family grew up Navy, and I, anytime I could do charity work for, for veterans or any of the armed forces, I am there. I am right on top. I'm in front of the line, so.
1: Yeah, well, we're, we're together on that, and Gary certainly is, is a pioneer and a, and a a real trailblazer in the amount of charity he does for the USO and, and, uh, you know, Wounded Warriors and and everything.
0: You know, he started a band. Are you going to start a Lorenzo Lamas band for it?
1: Well, if if I could sing, I would.
0: (laughs) Well, he he doesn't really sing. You know, you just, I guess uh, you could kind of look good. You probably play guitar, don't you?
1: Dude, he plays a badass bass guitar.
0: Yeah, he does.
1: With concerts. I've been there. I've seen him perform. Uh, and he's he's excellent. And he travels almost on every weekend uh, of the year. He's doing something to raise awareness, to raise money for, for the, vets, the troops. It's just awesome.
0: You know, if you come to Chicago with a ban, Lorenzo, I will be your Tracy Partridge in the background. <laughs> okay.
1: I guess I'll find you in that bus, huh? <laughs>
0: And I'll, you know, if you watch any of this, if anybody even knows what I'm talking about, if you watch on her tambourine, there's nothing on the tra- tambourine. There's nothing there. There's nothing to make sound. I am that guy.
1: No jingle bells out of your tambourine.
0: Nope, none of that. But I look good in boots and jeans, as they say. You and me, I look good in boots and stuff like that. So, all right. So, would you do another reality show? You think, if there was, uh, if you were asked, like a Survivor?
1: I'm, I'm working on something that is a reality show, but I think it's really going to be fun. Okay. And uh, when, it, when, it's, when it happens and we've got the production order, you'll be the first one I go to to break it. How's that?
0: Awesome. That would, that would be great. Uh, and where can they get your book? That's up on Amazon, is it not? I'm pretty sure it is.
1: Yeah, it's on Amazon, Renegade at Heart, and it's also in your bookstore. So uh, just take a walk to the local Crown Books or Barnes & Noble. And you can find it there.
0: Are you going to do a tour for the book?
1: Uh, I, I am. We're kind of like uh, dovetailing this celebrity kind uh, right. of thing with, with the book tour. I did a lot of press in New York while I was yep. there yesterday. At yep. And uh, did some some press for it this morning and going to continue doing that. Awesome. I get it out there, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on today, Steve.
0: Hey, anytime, because yeah, I say eventually there's going to be a movie based on the book. You know, you're a rather interesting... And far more introspective than most people would probably give you credit for, just because of who we think you are, and you're not like that at all. Well,
1: I I appreciate the recognition. Yeah. Uh, cer- certainly the time that that you've taken out of your day today for yeah. us to.
0: It's fun, and you guys are you and I clown around and stuff. I think people tend to get anybody on air; they they kind of see us maybe just slightly different than we probably are, how we really are. So.
1: Well, because that's all they have to yeah. go off of, you know, is what yeah. they see and what they read. So, the the book "Renegade Heart" and uh, my appearance on Celebrity Apprentice, I think, maybe dispelled some of the, the stereotypical ideas of of who I might be as a person. And uh, and I did an episode of Wife Swap also uh, last oh. year, and I think that also uh, was a I was able to take take the audience into my life as a father and a, and a husband, and I think that was good, too.
0: Yeah, I didn't have a chance to uh, ask you about that some time ago, but I was just going to leave it. So how about man swaps? Why don't we do that instead of wife swaps? No, it just sounds wrong.
1: Those kind of sh- I don't want to do the kind of show. That just <laughs> sounds really, like, gross.
0: <laughs> Lorenzo, always a pleasure. You are always welcome on The Blend, my friend. Thanks,
1: Mike. My- My buddy, I I will talk to you soon. You be safe out there, okay? You too. Stay warm in Chicago, in the Windy City.
0: Definitely, man. Make sure you guys follow Lorenzo on Twitter and on Facebook. You guys are listening to The Blend.